0: Well, it's, uh, it's an honor to be here, amen? Uh, I know what Pastor Hayden would do in this moment. He'd say, you made it, right? And uh, so look your neighbor, say, you made it. And uh, you're exci- we're excited to be here. And I uh, want to welcome you online, if you're joining with us online, for our last session of Deepin Conference. And, you know, I made it. I'm excited to be here. Um, I, uh, I, I preached at the Deepin Conference last year. And uh, I, I did a message, I, I brought a message that I entitled, Obedience is not a bad word. I talk about obedience, and so I didn't get an invite back this year, um, and uh, I was a little salty about that, and uh, Pastor Hyden, and uh, not really, but, uh, but the Lord had bigger plans, right? Yeah. Pastor Hyden said, Pastor Josh, you're not on the, on the list. God said, I'm going to make Lion come on Friday. Now you on the list, and uh, so you can't stop God's plan, amen? Someone asked me this week, said, Pastor Josh, you speaking this week at the Deepin conference? I said, no, not yet. But the Lord, the Lord's going to show up, and uh, the Lord's making moves. In Miss Nina's belly, and uh, may little lion come. And so, if they're watching this morning, we want to just give a shout out to Pastor Hyde and, and uh, Miss Nina, and uh, thank you so much for allowing me to be here, Pastor Hyde. And Nina, we love you guys, love the boys, and you got one more to go for your starting five. So, uh, but uh, hey, uh, my wife Amy was here this morning as well in the first service, and she sends her love and and um, man, we just, again, honored, so honored to be here. Uh, We had a big lineup, didn't we, at the Deep End Conference this weekend, and uh, man, amazing speakers. I'm just honored, again, to to be on the same stage with these people. Um, Amazing breakout leaders, just an incredible time uh, that the Lord uh, took us through, so uh, thank you for showing up. Thank you for being here, and especially just being here for the last session of the conference. Uh, Before I... uh, uh, went to seminary. I uh, went to got my undergraduate in um, in business, and so I actually have a marketing management degree um, so I have a business degree in marketing. and I was always fascinated with um, marketing. I was always fascinated with um, just the strategy behind businesses and and what they do to market brand all that. Um, and some people say well what do you what do you study with marketing and um, and really what, if you really want to nail it down is how do we brainwash you enough to buy things you shouldn't do you, you don't really need and um, and that's really what brain that's brainwashing That's really what marketing is is brainwashing you to buy things you don't really need and uh, in, in Vegas, we're great at this too, right? because we have marketing everywhere, branding everywhere and we're bombarded with it every single day. and um, I thought it'd be fun this morning just to give you a couple uh, just strategies, things that that business do, that stores do. In fact, even just stores, um, the way things are placed in stores um, are placed in a certain way st- strategy-wise um, to get you to buy things. You, if you didn't know that, they are. Um, and so I'll give you a couple. Uh, one is, how many of you love to go to Target? Target people in the house? All right, awesome. What about any Walmart people over Target people? Wow, man. Hey, let's go. My guy KB. Let's go, bro. And uh, he knows. And uh, and so, you know, how many, how many of you Amazon Prime people in the house? Right? Yeah, man, look at you people, man. And, you know, the husbands in the room are like, yeah, you Amazon Prime person. Um, and uh, I get those magic boxes at my house every week. So I'm like, where do they come? My wife's like, I don't know. Like, just show up and uh, deal of the day. And so, um, but uh, when you go to Walmart or you go to Target, it's so interesting because if you go up to the checkout aisle, uh, line, you know what's there, right? There's always a big thing of, Snacks and candy, right? Um, and so they strategically put this stuff uh, there for a reason for you to buy it, even when you don't need it. Um, for example, if you have if any parents in the house know what it's like to go through a checkout aisle with a child uh, with a bunch of candy there, it's like terrible. Um, and uh, in fact, it kind of goes like this, right? You are up to the checkout line, and, uh, and your kids are like, I want the giant thing of like bubble tape that costs three ninety nine. dollars You know what I'm talking about? $4.99, 5 dollars bubble tape. They think they need it, right? And you can't convince them at the moment because what's happening is you're trying to check out. You're trying to watch your kids. you got a line of people waiting for you to check out, right? Your kid's having a meltdown over the sinking bubble tape. And what do you end up doing as a parent? You end up buying the tape. Now, I know what some of you think if you don't have kids. You're thinking, well, man, if I was a parent, I wouldn't do it. I say, listen, you're a genius until you have kids. When you have kids, you realize you're a terrible parent, right? And we just good with it, right? And so we just want this meltdown to stop at the moment because everybody's mad at me. And, uh, and so, but the, what they do in a store is they actually put that candy low for little Sally, little Johnny, because the best names i got at this moment, little Sally, little Johnny actually come through the line and they see the candy and they say, mom and dad, I want it. And so what you do is you buy it. Everything's strategic. You're like, dang, that's crazy. No, it is. Everything's strategic. Um, how many of you love to go to the movies? Are the movies yeah I love the movies in fact if you go to the movies before the actual trailers uh, of other movies coming out there's commercials right so if you get there early there's commercials and there's always this one commercial in most in most almost every movie theater but it's a little different um, in every theater but it's the same kind of idea and it's a commercial about popcorn and coke you might know what I'm talking about all right if you don't know what I'm talking about I actually brought it for you this morning so check this out <laughs> how many of you do this You don't turn your cell phones off. Oh, it's coming. Oh, no. Oh, no. Who needs a Coke right now? You're like, we got Coke in the back right now, right? What are you doing? You want popcorn. You want Coke. In fact, some movie theaters will actually pump in the smell. Some of the smell to make you want popcorn. It's crazy. Yeah, you totally brainwashed, right? So you're sitting there with your candy that you brought from Dollar Tree. Nobody does that. That you brought from Dollar Tree. Sinners. Terrible people. And you made your kid carry it in the bag because you didn't want to get caught. Come on. You know it. Little girl walking in with the backpack. You ain't checking her bag, you know. Cause you got the Dollar Tree candy in the bag, you know how it goes. <laughs> so true, right? And you just got to get popcorn. You get more. Pop- you got popcorn. You got to get more popcorn. When you watch that, right? If I gonna have enough Coke, right? Man, it's such a massive battle for your mind at a movie theater, right? A battle for your stomach at the movie theater. You know what's so funny is when you come to a conference like the Deepen Conference. I think um, what's the reality is, is that we all, if you're like me, anything like me, you walk away from these conferences, you walk away, even from a church service on a Sunday, and you walk away with two to three, four things that need to change about your behavior, right? Like something that has to change to do with what you're doing or not doing in your life. And what I think is so interesting about this is that um, just as there is such a battle for our mind in the world, there's also a very spiritual battle for our mind as well. Um, in fact, um, the spiritual battle for the mind is actually to get you to believe that the three or four things that you left at the Deepin Conference are actually going to happen in your life. And can I just be honest with you? For me, I can walk away the three to four things that I got at the in Conference. And a lot of the time, more so than not, those things sometimes don't change in my life. You got no amen on that one, okay? I'm the only one. You know what I'm talking about? Right? And the reason why is because it's, it's just possible that maybe we've thought that the thing that God wanted us to do had something to do with the do's and the don'ts, something to do with our behavior, something that we need to be in our life or not be in our life. And I'm telling you there's a massive spiritual battle going on for your mind that's actually keeping you from doing or not doing the behaviors. Uh, Ephesians 6:12 says it like this, "As for our struggle, our battle is not against flesh and blood." It's not against the behaviors, um, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of the darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the heavens. You see, here's the problem. The real challenge is, the greatest challenge is to us going deeper as people of God, as people of walk church, the, the challenge, the challenge, the, the battle of us going deeper in our walk with God has little to do with what we're doing or not doing. And I'm telling you, has much more to do with what we're believing. we yeah. will say that again. If you miss nothing, or if you miss everything, get this. The major battle that we all face is not the behaviors that we want to stop or begin in our lives. The major battle that we all face is a battle against what our thinking is, who we think God is, who we think we are, what we believe versus what we do. Because our behaviors actually flow from what we believe. I'm here to tell you that the Deepen Conference 2022, that the greatest battle in your life is not a battle for your behavior, but rather a daily battle for what you think. Because what we think changes what we do. And marketers know this. And Satan himself knows this. One of my favorite books of the Bible is the book of Philippians. You can flip there. That's where we're going to be today. Philippians chapter 2. And when I preached a message this past time last year, the Deeping Conference, I brought a message out of Philippians 2 that I titled, Obedience is Not a Bad Word. Today I'm going to bring a message out of the same book, same chapter, that I've entitled, The Battle for Your Mind. The battle for your mind. Philippians 2, verse, 11, or verse 1. If you're there, say there. If you're there, say ready. I got to do this because I love when Pastor Hyden does it. Right? If you're hungry, say? Let's eat. Man, y'all are amazing. Let's eat. Philippians 2, verse 1. Paul writes, If then there is any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation or some of your translations say comfort, so that's what that word means, is there any comfort of his love, If any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, make my joy complete by doing the right things. Is that what it says? No, it says, make my joy complete by what? Thinking the same way. Thinking the same way. Some of your translations say, having the same mind. Having the same love. United in Spirit, intent on one purpose. You see, when Paul wrote this letter to the church of Philippi, they were probably um, the healthiest church that Paul had planted. Paul loved this church. And you'll see in chapter 1 where he's going to encourage the church for who they are. And um, he, he loved their grittiness. He loved uh, their, their generosity. He loved their sacrifice. He loved um, their generosity. Um, he, loved every, he really did love everything about this church. Um, but what was happening, and you've got to understand the context, is these Christians were facing very, very dark days. Um, these were very difficult to be a Christian. We think we have it hard. Um, these Christians, um, many of them, Paul knew would die for their faith. Um, Nero, the, 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 the terrible, wicked dictator at the time, who, in fact, um, would, would actually behead would be the one that would kill Paul uh, later on. Paul is arrested for his faith when he writes this letter. Um, it's a very difficult day, and Paul knew this. That the greatest battle that the Philippian church faced—listen, they were doing a lot of good things—but they faced a battle, and he was most concerned about this battle, this 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 thing, this thing that was going to happen in their church because of terrible, wicked, hard times. And so, does anybody know what the main thing Paul was concerned about? The disunity of the church. Now why you're like Pastor Josh, I thought we were doing a message on the mind. We are, Paul's getting to the root to why disunity happens. Paul's digging down deeper than just the action of disunity. Because if you, you're like, if I hear a message on disunity, we're like, well, just get along. But Paul's saying there's a reason why you won't, it's a deeper reasoning to why you won't. And Paul knew. That it's when times were hard, when you had unmet expectations, that you will start to believe something in your mind that will take root in your mind, in your heart, and you'll believe it to be true. And it will lead to disunity. They were facing massive persecution. Paul knew in dangerous, difficult days, as human beings in our sinful flesh, we lose this battle for our mind. They had persecution. We got a pandemic. And this was Paul's concern. I've been in the ministry now of, of going on 20 years and seen a lot, been ups and downs. Had people meet my expectations, had people not meet my expectations. I've met people's expectations, I haven't met people's, met people's expectations. Seen a lot. I've been in rooms, incredible amount of hurtful rooms. I've buried people, I've been in hospital rooms, deathbeds, marriages, it all. People yelling, people screaming, people hating, people loving, it all. And can I tell you something? One of the biggest, probably most common threads that I've noticed in the church, because Paul's talking to the church here, by the way, One of the biggest common threads in the church of disunity, what I have found that the majority of disunity does not start because somebody did something to someone. It actually started because some someone believed something about someone. They heard somebody say something, they gossiped, and they believed that to be true. You with me? And because they believe that to be true, it begins isolation. And isolation breeds this unity. Paul knew this was the bigger battle. It wasn't just about getting along. It was about helping the church win the battle for the mind. Because he knew this was the greatest battle. You say, Pastor Josh, when when did this start? or, Or prove it to me more. Okay, I'll do it. This battle has been the battle of human history. This battle started all the way back in Genesis 3. In fact, if you flip over to Genesis 3, I'll show you. Even at the beginning, God created. Created Adam and Eve. Created a perfect place where people, where Adam and Eve communed with God, knew God, walked with God. And they were told that they couldn't do one thing, right? They couldn't eat of the tree, the knowledge of good and evil. They can have everything else, but they can't eat of that one tree. But Satan shows up on the scene, and he does what? He starts to play with the mind of Eve. Check it out, Genesis 3. Now the serpent was the most cunning of all the wild animals and the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say you can't eat of the tree of the garden? What's he doing? He's making her doubt what she believes. He's messing with her brain, her mind. God didn't really say that, right? Look at verse 2. So the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but at the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden, God said, You must not eat it or touch it or you will die. Satan says, No. I mean, his word says that, but it doesn't really mean that. No. That's not literally what God meant. Look, here's what he says. He says, in fact, God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be opened. And you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. And the woman saw the tree was good. What did she do? She starts to believe it. It was good for food and delightful to look at. And that was desirable for attaining wisdom. So she took some and ate the fruit. She also gave some to her husband who also ate it. And at that moment and forever, into the blood of Jesus. Amen. Humans were spiritually dead, separated from God. And today, it's the same battle Satan does today. Separated from God. Now, not under, as as people outside of the faith, not under the umbrella of God anymore, but living in this attack of the mind living in this world that they create with their assumptions in their mind about who God is and who they are. And all these opinions attacked. And it's a a war that Satan has done since the beginning. In other words, Proverbs tells us, As a man or woman thinks, a man thinks or woman thinks, in his heart so is he, or in her heart so is she. In other words, if you harbor a thought or assumption and you let it take resident in your heart in time, you will act on what you believe. You live what you believe. And why is that? Because where your mind goes, the body flows. And Paul knew this. So Paul says in verse 2, make my joy complete by thinking the same way. You've got to win the battle for the mind every day. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to get very practical today. I'm going to give you five weapons to use in your life, daily weapons to use in your life to win this battle for your mind. It is a battle that you face every day. And I'm going to give you five weapons to win it. I got this acronym. Who likes acronyms? I love acronyms. This is an acronym that I got from Pastor Rick Warren years ago. I've just added to it. But it's an acronym of think think so the T is this we've got to learn to test our thoughts test your thoughts look at somebody and say test your thoughts we got to test your thoughts Psalm 139 says search me you God and know my heart test me and know my concern he doesn't say test them test me I'm thinking this way I'm believing this to be true test me see if there's any offensive way in me Lead me in the everlasting way. In other words, listen, stop believing everything you think. You got to test every thought. I didn't share this in the first service, but your second service, so you get double. So here we go. Everybody's born with a funnel on your head. You know that, right? You, you live in this world out, outside the umbrella of God's. Grace in Jesus, when you walk into this world, you are separated from God. And you are bombarded from day one with a battle for your mind and what you believe about God and what you believe about yourself and what you believe about this world. And the longer you go, the longer you have to build a funnel for how you process the world. That's why salvation is not just about going to he- from, he- from hell to heaven. Salvation is a renewing of your mind because you think God differently when you were born than when you come to Christ. This is why Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. What does that mean? It means that literally he is God with skin on. Like when you look at him, it's like he reveals God to us. You don't know who God is without Jesus. You're blinded to it. And so we have to test our thoughts because everything you process goes through that funnel. It depends where you grow up. It depends the type of family that you're born in. If you, if you were born in a, in a home where you don't have a mother and a father and they, and, they, and they left you, they abandoned you. You start viewing God that way as well. You get my point? So, so, so part of salvation in, in, in Jesus is knocking the funnel off of your head and putting a new funnel. For how you see the world, how you see God. It's all about a renewing of your mind. And he says, you got to test your thoughts. Pastor Josh, how do I, as a Christian, test my thoughts? Let me give you a couple things. First, you've got to look at Jesus' life. That's why Paul, and later in, in chapter 2, I'm not going to read it, but he, talked, he gives an example of Jesus' life. That he left heaven and humbled himself and died on a cross. He gives Jesus' posture, if you will. It's so interesting to me is when, when Christians have disunity in the church and they're arguing, we're the worst. You know why? Because we actually take God's word... For our own right, for for our own ways to manipulate to get those people to hurt, wow. Wow. and we use it. But here's here's how you know. Here's how you know it's Satan mm-hmm. and demonic, and not Jesus. Right. The posture. Amen. Why are they talking to you? Do they are they trying to understand, or are they trying to get their point across, and they're using Scripture to do it? Oh, on, wow. So you have to look. I've had some major hurts in my life in the ministry. And and, and I remember I had this one in particular that was destroying to me. And I remember someone calling me and giving me a word. And I remember calling my wife and saying, Amy, so-and-so, God gave me a word this morning. Just help us keep walking in him. And I remember she was so hurt at the time and she said, yeah, Josh, but Christians use that stuff all the time. How do you know it's God? And God gave me this word at the moment. That you have to look through the scripture and find me. Yeah. Look to why. Look at their posture. Are they humble like Jesus? Are they willing to sacrifice their life? Are they trying to build you up rather than themselves up? Yeah, look at, does that make sense? Yeah. So You've got to test your thoughts by looking at Jesus. Am I thinking the way Jesus thinks? Or am I thinking the way I think to make Jesus what I want him to be? You've got to test every thought. Every thought. Number two, how you don't you know, you're going to test your thoughts, but you've got, to, you've got to test your thoughts through the written word. You've got to look at Jesus' life, his posture, but you've also got to look at his word. Jesus is the word. That's why you look at his life. But you've got to look at God's word. Here's the question. Does the Bible align with your thinking or does your thinking need to align with the Bible? Does the Bible align with your thinking or does your thinking need to align with the Bible? Test by the word. The Bible doesn't say seven different things, it says one thing. The next way you test your thoughts, you've got to test it through the counsel of God's people. I love it when people come and say, The Lord is calling me to this. Would you pray for me, Pastor Josh? That's the first I've heard of it. I didn't know that. Like, I thought we were supposed to make a decision together. Like, Americans are individuals. Citizens of God's kingdom are a body. Yeah. The way we test our thoughts that we hear from God is we seek unity among one another. We make decisions together. So that's how I test my thoughts. God's posture, God's word, counsel in the body. I got to test my thoughts. Number two, I got a helmet in my head. I got a helmet in my head. In other words, you've got to guard your mind. Proverbs 4.23 says, more than anything, you guard and protect your mind, for life flows from it. Remember, if you let it sit and plant root in your mind, you act on it. In, in the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, Paul tells the church in Ephesians to put on the helmet of salvation. Why do we put helmets on when we play football? You protect your brain. You hurt the brain, you hurt the body. This is why salvation through Jesus Christ, again, is renewing of the mind. This is why, listen to me, if you're here today and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you are outside the covering of God and because of that you're being bombarded to believe something about God, about this world, about yourself that is a lie from Satan and the longer you go without getting Jesus in your life and the Holy Spirit of God living in you to renew the way you were supposed to think about God, about yourself, about this world. The longer you go, the more baggage, the more lies, the more deception, and the more destruction will be in your life. That's why it says today is the day of salvation. I'm trying to save you from you. Believing lies and creating a world and creating a God that is not even me. I'm trying to save you from you. Turn to Jesus. It's my plea to you today. You ever notice? Well, let me give you this text. I'm going to get ahead of myself. I get excited. Mark Batterson, author, says it like this. I love it. He says, Neuroimaging has shown that as we age, our cognitive center of gravity shifts from the imaginative right brain to the logical left brain. Why is that? The more we put in, we start to create a world. At some point, most of us. Top living out of the imagination and start living out of the memory. That's actually just to be stopped, by the way. That's the day we stopped creating the future and start repeating the past. We created a funnel. That's the day we stopped living by faith and start living by logic. God, I don't need the way you see the world. God, I don't need the, I don't need the way you see me because I know how it works. My world is my experience. My truth is my truth. Lie, a lie that you're believing. The longer you go, it's, listen. This is, I love Christmas time. This is why you can watch the Rockefeller Center. You know what I'm talking about the Christmas tree. We're singing songs, Oh Holy Night," all about the holy night of Jesus being born. Amen. And people, listen. We got like artists on the on the TV. We got announcers, anchors saying, "Man, this is a this is the most the love song of the Christmas season." And everybody's like, "Loves whole oh Holy Night." don't matter if you're a believer or not believer. Everybody loves it. But here's what's crazy. You can hear song after song after song after song about Jesus Christ and the grace of God on your life. And if people do not have the covering of Jesus' blood on their life and renewing of their mind, they're blinded to it. When the Bible says you're blinded, it's not kidding. You can't figure yourself out of it. It's a blinding of the mind. The battle for your mind. And this is why people, the longer they go, the harder it is to see. So, how does the Christian daily guard your mind? Let me give you a couple. Paul says it right here. Look at verse 1. He says, If there's any encouragement in Christ, any consolation or comfort or love, any fellowship of the Spirit. What's Paul saying? Paul's not saying if these things are true. Okay? He's saying. Because they're true, and if they're true, which they are true, then you should, this is what you should do with them. So, so let me just break this down for you. He's saying um, the way that we battle the daily battle for our mind is we do these three things. We remind ourselves, we put on the helmet of salvation. What does that look like? I'm literally reminding myself every day that there's encouragement in Christ. How many know there's encouragement in Christ? That you can walk in here today and you're not a sum of your behaviors, You are who God says you are. You are not what you think. You with me? You are not, I'm sorry, you are not what you feel. You are what God says about you. So you're encouraged in Christ. He says, Is there any comfort in love? Remember the comfort of God's love. Man, I need the comfort of God's love. You know what the comfort of God's love is? Man, I screwed up yesterday. I'm not where I want to be, Pastor Mike. I go to the deep end conference and I do here three or four things and I've already screwed up and it's Tuesday. And Paul says, you are not what you feel. You are not some of your behaviors. You are who God says says you are. I am who God says I am. I am a son or a daughter of the king and I'm comforted that he loves me. I love the idea of of my sins are washed away from, from as far as the east is from the west. Right? You know the illustration of that, right? Like, you, If you go east, you, at some, you, you think at some point you go west, but you actually don't. You just keep going. If you go west, you just keep going. If you go north or south, you, you at some point start going south again. But he says east and west because God's trying to show you there's nothing like the depth and the height and the, the bigness of God's love for you. You can't even fathom how much God loves you. You are not what you do. And that's why Paul's not dealing with just the behavior here. He's saying you've got to start believing who you are. Because when you don't feel it and you get a bad doctrine report and things go bad for you and everybody comes about against you and everybody lies about you and people believe things about you that are not true. I love that song, Sean, you sang earlier. He said, he's my, de- he's my defender behind me. You know what that is? I don't have to worry about what you think about me. Because I know I know what God says about me. When you think about that, I'm comforted, I'm encouraged, and I love this. He says, you gotta be reminded of the fellowship of the Spirit. You know what that means? You are not your addiction. Satan wants you to believe you'll always be this way. I try, God, I try. You'll always be this way. It's who you are. I'm gonna get, do it harder this time. I'm gonna try harder this time. I'm gonna start moving some things around to make it work. Keep failing, keep failing, keep failing. You know what he's saying? Paul's saying the reason why you can't is because you're not believing that you actually have the power within you that comes from God. You're not depending on God, you're depending on yourself. He said be encouraged in Christ. Remember that you're loved. Even when you fail, you're not a some of your behaviors. You're who God says you are and you have the Holy Spirit to change. God can change you. God can change you. The next thing is this, here's a result. If we're testing our thoughts and everything, we're helmeting our head, thinking about God's love for us. We're encouraged that God loves us. We're thinking about what God says we are. We're, We're believing that we have the fellowship of the Spirit in us. If you're doing those two things, here's what the result's gonna be. You know what's gonna happen? You're gonna start imagining the best of one another. Paul says, "If you will do those two things, the result is, even when everything hits the fan, even when you, your thought goes negatively about someone else, you, listen, are going to think what's, you're going to think what's best. You're going to imagine the best of one another." He says, like this in verse three, "Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility. Humble yourself, like Jesus. Read the verse of chapter two. Humble yourself. Consider, I love that, consider, think of others as more important than yourself. I don't feel it, he says, because you're not thinking it. You're not believing it. You see, when you're so filled up with Christ, George, when you're so filled up with Jesus, even the people, your worst enemies, you'll pass them the morsel of friendship Because I'm so filled up in Christ, even if you hate me, I'm going to think what's best of you. I'm going to believe that you're believing lies, that you're believing something in your head, and it's not even you. And I'm going to pray for you. But I'm not going to hate you. And I'm not going to think the worst of you. I have an enemy that's bigger than you. And it's a battle for the mind. So I'm going to imagine the best. Of others. Number four, nourish a godly mind. You gotta nourish, this is a daily thing. So the result is you imagine the best one. But here's the thing this is a daily thing. Salvation is a, like, listen, salvation is a like once, once and for all and every day. <laughs> Got Jesus, by, the, by my, uh, put my faith in Lord Jesus as my King, my Savior, my Lord. The Holy Spirit of God comes and lives in me, and in every day, He's renewing my mind. He, he, sa- he saved me. By the blood of Jesus, but he is saving me every day. Yeah. You with me? He's saving me from me. He's saving me from the battle every day. Right? And so he says, You gotta you gotta continue, you gotta nourish your mind every day. Right? So Psalms 119 says, I will meditate on your precepts and think of your ways. I will delight in your statutes, and I will not forget your word. In other words, you must get in the word as much as possible. Colossians 3.2 says, says it like this. Set your minds on what is above, not on what's on the earth. And can I say just from experience, I don't have it with me. I meant to bring it up here. Here's, here, here's what happens. Do you know when the daily battle for your mind starts? Ring, ring, ring. Y'all know what that is? Y'all already know what it is because y'all, y'all do it. I'm with you. Ring, ring, Instagram, Twitter. Oh my gosh, man, they got it way better than I got it. Dang, man, they get to be in Hawaii right now? I gotta go to work today, crap. Man, they get ahead of me. Dang, man, man, I don't like those people. Yeah, they're happy. They, Man, they don't know what they did to me. Think the best, think the worst. You with me? Man, you already losing. Your dad ain't started. You already losing. Pastor Josh, I can, I, I can still do that and still be good. No, you can't. You didn't lie to just then. You lost the battle right there. Come on. Listen, as soon as it rings, up, battle on. You got to nourish your mind. Let me give you a couple ways. Put some, you got to put some worship music on in the house. My wife was here earlier. I, I, I said, uh, she'll tell you, uh, every morning almost, pretty much almost every morning, I put on the song Champions, Maverick City, you know what I'm talking about? bro? Cause we going to war, Vishon. Like, we got, we got, my kids are like, Dad, turn that down. I'm like, no, 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 no. We got to get our minds right. We in war this morning. We got to, we got to, we got to, we're, we're in a battle this morning. We got to get our minds right. Right? We got to, we got to get in the Proverbs every day. We got to put it in the car. Right? We got to be singing in the car. We got to be thinking in the car. We got to, we got to be nourishing our minds. There's tons of ways that you need to saturate your mind with God's thoughts, God's ways, who God says you are. So we'll review real quick and I'm gonna give you the last one. We gotta test our thoughts. We gotta helmet our head, be encouraged in Christ, think about his love. We have the Holy Spirit of God in us. We are who God says we are. We have the power in Christ to do this. We're gonna nourish our minds every day. We're in war. And lastly is this. We gotta keep walking in Jesus. Colossians six I love it. It's why I love walk church. It says, therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus, the Lord, walk in him. Rooted, built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, overflowing with gratitude. I love what Paul says in verse 4. He says, do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. You know why that's so cool? Everything that I just taught you, if you look at verse 3, go back to verse, well, you don't have it. Go- in verse 3, he says, consider, right, others more important than yourself. So what are you doing? You're believing something You're believing the right way, right? You're believing the best of others. And because you're believing what God says you are, you're encouraged in Christ, you're comforted in his love, you have the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, and you're considering other people more important than yourself because you're so built up with Jesus, you don't need, you, listen, listen, you want to consider other people more important than yourself because you're so overflowing. Here's what happens. The result will be, you'll be the most grateful person ever to be around. It's a result of your considering being grateful only comes, listen, here's why I know. Because when times get hard, you're not gonna be grateful. The only way you can be grateful when, when crap hits the fan is I've already done, tested my thoughts, put the helmet of salvation on my head. I'm imagining, I'm considering others more important than self. I've been nourishing my mind, I've been getting champions every day. And then the, at three o'clock on a Tuesday, crap hits the fan, but I'm saying thank you, God, because even that is Romans 8:28. You allowed all things in my life for your glory and my good. And you're grateful, you're grateful. You live a grateful life. As citizens of the kingdom of God, winning the battle for a mind, it's a person who's overflowing with gratitude. You show me, listen, you show me a church that is testing every thought, taking every thought captive. I love that song we sang earlier. Breaking those strongholds. Breaking down the mind, breaking down what you think you want to believe. Versus what's true. Testing every thought, taking every thought captive, helmeting your head with the helmet of salvation, imagining the best of one another in the light of the gospel, nourishing a godly mind, and just keep walking in Jesus. And when you don't, listen, when you have a bad day and you wake up and Satan says, Yeah, God's not around. You screwed up. You're not even really a Christian. You know what you say? Test my thoughts. Put that helmet of salvation. I am am who God says I am. I am a son or daughter of the king. I have the Holy Spirit of God today. Yeah, yesterday was yesterday, but there's new mercies today. Amen? And I'm going to walk in Jesus today. And you know what? And I'm grateful because even in my failing, even in my failing, you know what God does? He actually uses that to show me that I need him. And he shows that. Listen, he even shows his grace and his goodness to me even in that. You show me a church that's doing that, and I'll show you a church where God is deeply dwelling among those people. A battle for the mind. So as the shine comes up, I wanna close with this, just a couple things. I always try to speak to three types of people in the room. One is a person here who has not, does not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And what I wanna say to you online this morning, if you're watching or if you're in the room, in the house, if you're here this morning, And you know, you might have religion. I'm talking relationship. Like, do you have a relation with God? If you don't, and God's speaking to you this morning, you're like, man, I want that. Listen, today is the day of salvation. God wants to, listen, God wants to save you and continually save you from the battle of your mind. He wants to save you and put you in a right relationship with the Father by putting your faith in Jesus as your Lord, King, and Savior. And by surrendering your life to him and say, yes, Jesus, I've, I've lived this whole, my whole life thinking God one way, me one way, and I have fallen short. I need you to save me. If that's you this morning online, online you can let us know in the chat that you love and meet Jesus. put Jesus. I want Jesus. Somebody will follow up with you. Pastor Mike's going to be up here. I'm going to be up here. If you don't know Jesus, please, I beg of you, the longer you go, the bigger the funnel. God wants to give you life. Life. If you're here this morning and you're a believer, I always speak to the believer in the room who walked away from the, the actually, it's the believer who didn't show up for the conference, me, uh, and you feel terrible, Right? You feel terrible. You're like, dang, I'm a terrible church person. And God's like, you're not a real, t- you're such a fl- fake, not God, Satan. And I wanna say to you, like what you need this morning is remember the encouragement in Christ, the comfort of his love. You have to have of salvation and the fellowship of the spirit. When you sing these songs, you are not what you feel. You are who God says you are. If you gotta to Jesus, you are who God says you are. And then if you're the one, thing here that's been here every session you're ready to go you got your three or four things let me tell you you will not you cannot change those behaviors in your life if you don't start believing and thinking in the right way it's a battle for your mind not a battle for behavior it won't start with your own strength it'll be his strength you got to win the battle of the mind first and the body flows how the mind thinks you got to believe right who is god are you in light of who God is. What does God say about you? And the overflow of that will be Jesus in and through you. So however God may lead you, you want to come here and pray? We had people moving in the first service. However you, you want to come, Pastor Michael Beer, I'll be here to pray with you if you want to pray with us. If not, just spend time with the Lord. That's fine as well. However the Lord may speak, last year's message, be obedient. Be obedient. Lord, I give you this time Lord, I believe in response, God, because I believe that it, in humility we step out and we say, no, not me, but you. And so, God, I pray that, Lord, that we would be obedient to however you lead us right now in this moment. Help us to think right, test our thoughts, helmet our head, imagine the best of one another, nourish our mind, a godly mind, and just keep walking in Jesus. And we'll be a deeper church, God, a deeper church. We love you. We know you're moving in this moment. You do it better anyways. We give it to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.